Well, hello, Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, if you are with us in Torrington, New Britain, Terryville, or online, we welcome you. And I'm Judah, lead pastor at Thrive. And I do want to invite you as well to the Easter services coming up. We are so excited about that to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. So we have a bunch of services. You can get uh, uh, check that out online. You can check the cards. It has all of our service times uh, listed on that. And, you know, we're in this series called Miracle Worker, and we're talking about the miracles of Jesus and how they still relate to our lives today. And, and, you know, Jesus, when he did miracles on this earth, he didn't just do miracles to show off so that everybody would think that, that he's, you know, super cool. Like, like, Jesus wasn't doing them to show off, but he was doing miracles to show people that he is faithful and strong, that he is able to heal, that he is able to provide, that he cares even for you and for me. And so the miracle that we're going to be looking at today is, is when Jesus calmed the storm. When he calmed the storm, and, and this is a very familiar story if you've maybe grown up in church, talk about it in, in Sunday school, and, and it's, it's a very uh, famous story for people to paint. In fact, Rembrandt has a famous painting that apparently was actually stolen of this scene of Jesus calming the storm. And storms can be crazy. You guys ever been in a storm before? I don't know where you guys live. They aren't raising your hands. Like, like we, 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 we're in storms all the time, it seems like, but some storms are more severe than others, aren't they? I remember when I was a teenager, I went camping with a bunch of friends, and, and we're out camping, and, and it seems like it's gonna be a stormy night. And we set up all of our tents, and we're having a good time, and we camp, and it starts raining, and, and it starts lightning, and the winds pick up. Well, we weren't just camping through a storm. As it turned out, it was actually a hurricane that night that came through. And, and I still remember my friend's tent, apparently something was wrong with the zipper on the bottom of his tent, and it could not close up, and I saw it in the morning, and his tent had six inches of water inside of his tent. The entire campground turned into a river. We had a, a screen house set up over our picnic table and our cooking areas. The screen house totally collapsed from the amount of rain that was falling down. Needless to say, we decided to call our camping trip short, and we packed up and headed for home. But it was a storm, and storms can be crazy when you're in the middle of them. I've never been in a major storm on the open water before, but, but I was in a small storm when I, was, when I was younger as well, and my dad had about a, a nine-foot dinghy, and we would take this out in all kinds of water, and we were out in, in, in the water with this, and it had a little you know, five-horsepower motor on it, and the winds picked up, and it started raining torrential. Then it starts hailing on top of that, and, and the, the waves are crashing against the side of this boat, and I'm thinking, this is it. We're dead. Like The waves weren't even that big, but the boat was so small, and, and although my life was not in danger, I can understand the fear that would accompany somebody who is in a storm on the open water. And that's what we find here in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're starting in verse 35. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, 
These are his closest friends, his closest followers. He said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Now, keep in mind what Jesus was doing. Jesus had spent the entire day preaching to crowds of people who would come to hear him. And often, he would preach on a shore and, and, and he would, as the crowds would move in closer and closer to him, people couldn't see, people couldn't hear. So he would often get in a boat and they would push out from shore just a little ways. So that way he could speak and almost have a little amphitheater set up there. And he could speak and people could see him comfortably. They could hear him. And Jesus had just spent the day preaching. He had spent time explaining some of his parables to his disciples. And they're right next to the sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. You may have heard of it before, but you might not realize that it is the, 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 the lowest freshwater lake in the world. It has the lowest elevation of a freshwater lake. And so it's not actually a sea as much as it is a lake. The Dead Sea is lower, but that has a high salt content. The Sea of Galilee does not have a high salt content. It's fresh water, and it's the lowest lake. It's about 13 miles long and eight miles across. And so Jesus and his disciples are gonna get in a boat and go across this. It's not a huge trip, but it is a long trip in a boat, and not in a very big boat at that. So it says they took the boat and started out. Now they're in this boat, and, uh, and the, the boat, you know, they actually found a boat from that similar era that had sunk in uh, the Sea of Galilee, and it was about 27 feet long, about seven and a half feet wide. So it probably could hold maybe 20 people or so. So that's probably the kind of boat that Jesus was in at this time. Now, storms would regularly come through the Sea of Galilee because the elevation was so low. The winds would come through this valley and cause all kinds of crazy storms, even to this very day. Storms are, are, are very dangerous on the Sea of Galilee. So they take Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. So we don't know how many boats, and we don't know if they made it through the storm. We don't know if they turned back or what happened, but we know that Jesus and his followers and then a bunch of other boats followed along. And so they're, they're going out there in this water. It says, but soon a fierce storm came up, and high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Imagine that. Imagine being potentially four miles away from shore and the waves start crashing over, filling up this boat and everyone in it is starting to panic. Now we gotta keep in mind that, that several of these disciples were experienced sailors, right? Like we know that, that Peter and, and Andrew and James and, and John, like the, these were fishermen. They were used to being on the open water. They knew how to sail, but they were beginning to panic at the storm. I can imagine the fear that they were going through as these waves are crashing over. And isn't it interesting that they were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do? Like, like Jesus told them to get in the boat and go across the lake. Like not only were they in God's will at that moment, but Jesus was also in the boat with them. So they're caught in the middle of a storm but they're also in the middle of God's will. If you're taking notes, there will be storms even when you're in 
God's will. Many people have this false assumption that if I'm following God and if I'm doing his will, then I will never have any storms in my life. And yet we see here that Jesus specifically tells them, let's get in the boat, let's go across, and guess what happens? A storm comes. See, they obeyed Jesus and they still found themselves in the middle of a storm. See, God is a God who sometimes leads his people into storms. God is a God who sometimes leads his people into difficulties. And, and so here they are, they're going in the storm, they're following Jesus' command, and you know, it almost seems like a setup. Like if you think, like it almost seems like a setup. Like, could Jesus forecast the weather? Like, I believe that he could, right? I mean, I mean, here's the creator of the universe. Like, with a word, he spoke into existence, everything we know. He created the heavens and earth. He created the weather systems. He created all of these things. Surely he could predict and forecast the weather, much better than our weather forecasters tend to do, right? Who, who come on there and say, well, you know, there's a 50% chance of rain, like, my coin could have told me that. <laughs> like, you know, and it's funny how I have this weather app on my phone and it's, it's hilarious because it'll be like 50% chance of rain. I'm like, thank you. I could have figured that out on my own. And then I look outside and it's raining out. And then I look back and then like a minute or two later, it says, rain, 100% chance. I'm like, wow, thank you. Like, like I could have just looked out the window and got this information quicker than using this. But it's very difficult to predict the weather, especially in situations like this. But I guarantee you, that Jesus had the capacity to know what the weather was when it was coming. Continuing, uh, let's go back to verse 37. But a fierce storm came up, and high waves are breaking into the boat, and it begins to fill with water. Verse 38, and Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. He's back there. He's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. He's just cuddled up there in the back of the boat. I don't know if he's sawing logs or not. I don't know if the Messiah did that. But, but, but he's back there sleeping. I know how it feels because he had just spent the day preaching. And, and for me, like after I preach a couple of times on Sunday, I go home. And I, sometimes I'm sitting on the couch and, and, and we're, we're doing something. We're hanging out. And before long, it's lights out for me. Like, like I'm down for the count because it's exhausting to, to be preaching all, you know, even a couple of times, and he was preaching all day, so he's just back there. He's just snoozing on his pillow. I don't know if he brought the pillow. I don't know where the pillow came from. I'm sure, you know, so somehow that pillow got there, and it was there, and it was probably a comfortable pillow because he is sleeping in the middle of the storm. And what does this say to us? What does this say to us today as followers of Jesus Christ? He says, it's okay to take naps when you're tired, Okay. Man, that, that, that's good preaching there, right? <laughs> it's okay to take some naps. Jesus did it. And, and so, so here he is, he's napping. He's taking a nap in the boat. He's sleeping through the storm. Maybe, maybe you can sleep through storms. Maybe, maybe you can't, I don't know. I, mean, I remember once I was camping as a kid. I got all, all these crazy camping stories. Um, and we were camping. I was, I don't know how old I was, maybe seven, eight years old, and and, uh, and apparently the people camping next to us decided to party like all night long. And, they, and then they were, they were fighting and they're yelling and screaming all night long they were doing this until eventually the park rangers called the cops. The cops come in, lights on, you know, sirens blazing, come in, arrest everybody, take all their stuff, 
pack it up and eject them from the campground, and I slept through the entire thing. Like, I did not hear a single peep. The next morning, I'm like, hey, where are the people next camp next to us go? My parents are like, you didn't hear that? I'm like, no. I was asleep. Apparently, Jesus had this skill. I'm just following Jesus, you know, with that. Um, Jesus is there sleeping. He's sleeping with his head on the cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting. They're shouting. They're terrified. These are seasoned sailors saying, I don't know what's going on, but let's wake up the carpenter. Maybe he'll know what to do. So they go over there, and they wake him up, and they says, look what they say here. They don't say, hey, will you help us? What's going on? They say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're gonna try? I, I was wondering if they're fighting over that cushion, saying maybe that thing's gonna float if this thing goes down. You know, I could just hold on for dear life. I don't know what was going on, but they said, don't you know that we're gonna drown? Don't you even care? Don't you care about me? You know, if you cared about me, Jesus, you would do something about the situation that I'm in. Do we ever say this? Do we ever say this to God? God, if you cared about me, you would do something about this situation. Don't you care that I'm drowning? Don't you care that I'm drowning in debt? Don't you care that I'm drowning in this relationship? Don't you care that I'm drowning with all this homework? Don't you care that I'm drowning at work? Don't you care? If you cared, you would surely do something. But it's important for us to remember in your notes that just because God doesn't cater to you doesn't mean he doesn't care about you. See, some of us, we're expecting God to cater to me, and we think if he doesn't cater to me, he must not care about me. See, just because he doesn't cater to you doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. See, he still loves you, even though he may not do every single thing that you want. See, the storm had filled their minds so much. The storm filled their minds so much that it came between them and knowing that Jesus cared for them. See, they knew previously, they said, well, we assume that Jesus cares, but now the storm gets in the way and we don't think he cares anymore. We don't think, and not only did it make them think that he didn't care, it also caused them to lose sight of his word. See, didn't Jesus say, let's go to the other side of the lake? Like, didn't he say, let's go to the other side? He didn't say, hey guys, let's get together, let's go out and go fishing. He didn't say, hey, let's just go for a little cruise and maybe a storm will come up and maybe we'll all drown. Like, no, what did he say? He said, let's go to the other side. See, he was telling them in advance what he expected to do, what he wanted to do. Let's go to the other side. But not only did they doubt his love, they also were now doubting his word. Maybe he can't get us to the other side. Maybe he can't bring us where he said he was going to bring us. But it's important for us not to mistake inaction with indifference. Just because Jesus wasn't acting in the moment did not mean that he was indifferent to their needs. Don't you care, Jesus? Don't you care? You know, I followed Jesus for a long time, for nearly 40 years. I followed Jesus. And, and, and here's the thing. He doesn't do what I want him to do all the time. Like, he doesn't do everything I want him to do. He, he doesn't because, because he has his will and his plan and his agenda. See, in your notes, God will fulfill his plans, but he doesn't always fulfill mine. God doesn't always fulfill mine. God will fulfill his purpose, but he doesn't always fulfill mine. 
And we need to realize that he is God and I am not. We need to realize that, that I follow Jesus. Jesus does not follow me. He is not my genie, but he is my God. And sometimes we get this backwards. We get this backwards. We start to think, well, if God loved me, then he would do this, 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 this for me. And if he doesn't do that, then he must not care about me. And we're expecting God to keep some kind of weird contract that we've come up with in our mind, but God never agreed to it. He says, well, you don't even care about me anymore. See, storms don't mean that, that he doesn't care. Just because you go through a storm doesn't mean that God doesn't care. In fact, in your notes, storms are sent to show us that God is in control. That God is in control of the wind and the waves. That God is in control of the situation. See, these disciples, these followers, Jesus' friends, they're in a terrible storm. And this is not just an inconvenient storm. It's not just like, oh, well, we're just getting a little wet here. Like, this is a life-threatening storm. They think, this is it. This is it. Like, like, like we are all going to die here. We're all going to drown. Jesus, don't you even care that we're about to drown? Could you at least get up and say a few words as we sink down to the watery depths? And that's what's going through their mind. And we think that, that for some reason we get this idea that God should never allow me to see a storm. But yet, that's not what God promised at all. God promised that in this world we're gonna have trouble. It says so in John 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Man, doesn't that just make you all warm and fuzzy inside? It's like, oh, I, I, you know, this is great. Like, this is not the kind of verse that we want to put on a T-shirt, right? It says, though, he says, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have hardship. You're going to have sickness, but it's okay. I want you to have peace anyway. Take heart because I have overcome the world. See, we can have peace in a storm when we realize that Jesus has overcome the world. He never once promised to keep bad things from happening to us. But what he did say is that he would cause all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. See, if I trust him, if I put my trust in Jesus, then he will get me through the storms that life brings. In your notes, God never said that he'd keep you from the storm. He said he'd be with you in the storm. See, God is not gonna keep you from going through difficult times, but he has promised that he will be with you in those difficult times. So they're terrified. They're in this boat. They're terrified. They come and they, and they wake Jesus up saying, don't you even care? We're gonna, we're gonna drown. Don't you even care? And, and I can't help but wondering what's going through Jesus' mind. Don't I even care? The reason I invited you to follow me is because I cared about you. The reason I'm in this boat with you is because I care for you. The reason I'm headed to the cross to die on it is because I care for you and I care for your souls and for your eternal life. Do you even care for me? These disciples, they experienced three different storms that day. The first storm was the storm of circumstance. 
There was a storm, of a, a literal physical storm. There was wind and waves. And this was the storm that they experienced. And the waves start crashing over the boat. And there's wind and rain and, and waves. And they're getting afraid. And, and this first storm triggers the second storm. And the second storm is an emotional storm where now they allow fear and anxiety and worry to creep in. Now the storm is not just outside, it's now it's inside, and now they're afraid, they're terrified, saying, we're gonna die. And then the third storm comes shortly thereafter, and it's a spiritual storm, a spiritual storm where the fear and the anxiety and the worry turn into doubt. Say, why, why, why are we even following this guy? Like, 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 like you know, I, I don't even know if he even cares about us. Do we ever do this? Do we, do we allow the storms in life? Maybe you're facing a storm, a physical storm, a health storm, a financial storm, a relational storm. And that storm of circumstance turns into an emotional storm. And now we allow fear and anxiety and worry. And if we're not careful, it turns then into a spiritual storm where we begin to doubt. We get upset and we begin to doubt. Continuing on in the story, verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Three words. Actually, if you look in the Greek, it's actually only just two words. Silent is one word. Be still is another word. Peace, be still. Silence, be still. He says these two words. Peace, be still. Silence, be still. And it says suddenly the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Like it wasn't one of these, you know, like, like delayed miracles. Like, you know, 30 minutes later, it just gradually got better over the next half hour. Like, well, you know, maybe it was chance, maybe it wasn't. Like we, it was still hairy there for a few minutes after he said that. But eventually it calmed down. No, it says suddenly, it's like they're out there and there's wind and there's waves and it all stopped. Not just the wind, but the waves also just stopped immediately. It was a great calm. And then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? First, Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves, and then he turns around and he rebukes his disciples. He rebukes the wind and says, peace, be still, and then he turns and says, why don't you have any faith? After all you've seen, you've seen me heal the sick, you've seen miracles, you've seen these things happen, and after all that you know, are you still gonna freak out with a little storm? Isn't my presence greater than your problem? Isn't the fact that I'm in the boat with you greater than the fact that there's a storm out there? In your notes, God's presence is greater than our problems. God's presence is greater than our problems. See, I would rather be in the middle of a storm with Jesus than in the calm without him. I would rather be in the middle of a storm knowing Jesus is there even if he's asleep on a pillow. I'd rather know that he's there with me, that his presence is there with me. I'd rather his presence to be with me than to be on a calm, sunny day without him. The disciples, if you think about it, the disciples were just as safe during the storm as they were after it stopped. See, Jesus was there the entire time. We think that the safety began once the storm stopped, but the reality was is that they were safe during the storm and they were safe when it stopped as well. See, in Romans 8, 31, it says, if God is for us, who can ever be 
against us. If God is for me, what storm can stand against me? If God is for me, what financial problem can stand against me? If God is for me, what can ever stand against me? See, because if Jesus Christ is in the boat, it's not going down. It's not going to sink. See, the Jesus in the boat is greater than the storm that's against me. In your notes, I'm never out of control when I know that he's in control. See, sometimes we lose control. I lose control. But I don't need to worry when I know that he is the one that's in control. See, the size of the storm didn't matter because his presence is greater than your problems, than any problem that you face. It's important to realize that God's presence with us is stronger. Finishing up the story here in verse 41, it says the disciples were absolutely terrified. Now, hold on. What are they, like, it just, it just calms, right? Like the wind and waves just calm. It says, it says they were scared, and they go and wake Jesus up, and he says, peace be still. And now it says, now the disciples were absolutely terrified. Like, wait a minute. They said, who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Like, don't get on his bad side, okay? If he could speak and stop the wind and waves, he could speak and stop my heart. Like, like I mean, this is some serious power. Like, we saw him heal a few sick people. We saw him cast out some evil spirits, but this is next level. Like, he's stopping a storm with just a few words. They're terrified. Why am I panicking in the situation that I'm facing? Why am I freaking out? Why am I nervous about the future? The reason is because we don't believe that Jesus is truly in control. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it. We may feel, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Don't you even care? See, this is what faith is. Faith is believing that God loves me. He has a plan. He's there guiding me, that he's a God who still does miracles. Whether or not the cancer is cured or whether it brings us to meet our Savior face to face, whether or not the breakup is ever resolved the way that we desire, See, the very storm itself helps us discover that Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. I also find it interesting that the very storm that they thought would destroy them actually blew them to their destination. The storm they thought was going to kill them is actually what brought them across. See, the storm that you're going through is what God is using to shape you and to take you somewhere, to make you into who he wants you to be. He's shaping you, he's using you, he's building, he's working in you. As we know that God causes these things to work together for good, and I believe that it'll work out. So don't let a storm get between you and the assurance of God's love. Don't let a storm keep you from believing his words. See, I can't stop the storms. I can't even predict them. But the only constant is his presence. And he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I believe that his presence is greater than my problems. It's not about what's going on around me. It's not about even what's going on inside of me. What it's about is who is living inside of me, that the Holy Spirit is with me, bringing me peace, giving me comfort, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He's greater than any obstacle, greater than any mountain, greater than any problem. And may, he may not calm the circumstance, but he can calm your heart because he is with you. Let's pray.
God, we come to you. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you that you are a God who still does miracles. You're a God who calms storms. But even if the storm is not calm, we know that you are there with us in the boat. That you never leave us and you never forsake us. That you're bringing us to where you want us to be. So let us, O oh Lord, trust you. Trust your will that you are at work in the difficulties, that you are at work in the storms. If you're here and you don't know Jesus at all of our campuses, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, if you're listening online, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, don't let another moment go by. Don't let another moment go by. You may feel like you're in the middle of the storm. Jesus says, I, I want to be with you. I want to comfort you. I want to guide you. I want to work in you. It says in Scripture, anyone who calls on his name will be saved. Won't you call on the name of Jesus now? If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Then he invites you into his family. Won't you call on his name and say, Jesus, you are my Father, we are sorry for doubting you sometimes. We're sorry for allowing the storm of circumstance turn into a storm of our emotions that then turns into a spiritual storm and causes us to doubt whether you even love us or care for us. Father, we put our trust in you. Let us not be like the disciples who had very little faith in those moments. Let us be men and women and children of faith, putting our faith and trust in your risen son, Jesus Christ. Let us put our faith in him, knowing that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that by no other name can anyone be saved. And with just a word, he can calm the storm or he can calm us or he can be with us through the journey as we grow closer to him. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone says, amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.